What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Geekly Bi-Weekly. Today, it's a guy and his wife, yet again, going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's up, babe? What's up? How's it going? Going good. What movie did we watch this time? Today, we watched Iron Man. For all those of you who don't know, we are going in freaking chronological order <laughs> for the MCU stories, because that's what the kids are doing these days. That's what they're all about. They're all about the MCU. Yeah. I just saw the other day. They're releasing the, and this is what I want for my anniversary. Okay. They're releasing a collection. Oh, yeah. The Marvel, the Infinity Saga on Blu-ray for $600. <laughs> I don't think it's freaking that much to ask to get the movies I like in Blu-ray. Hard copy. Oh, really? Yeah. 600 bucks. Yeah. What are you, you going to get me for 600 bucks? Well, I was thinking we could do like half that for you. Okay. Because I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, you know how it goes. Whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. So we are talking about the first Iron Man today. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with the show. Me and Caleb have been um, trying to kind of change up our format with the way we do uh, our review process. We're not going to go blow by blow, scene by scene anymore. We're going to kind of just go over what we wrote down in our notes and just kind of do that as talking points. And, you know, if, if it happens to be kind of sequentially or whatever, then then that's fine too. But, I mean, I, I just don't – I don't think it flows well just listening back to, you know, the episodes we've done. I don't think it flows well to go scene by scene. And no one wants to listen to that. It's boring. Yeah, I agree. So – um, I'm excited for this new way we're doing it. Yeah, me too because it just should – I mean, it just should flow naturally, you know, and really will test our skills as hosts. Oh, great. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, babe. Yes, thank um, you for having me. Of course, yeah. We Emma's uh, really starting to kind of find her voice on the podcast, and who knows, she's actually had really good ideas before. Uh, um, wow, <laughs> big shock! I've actually had good I'm ideas. I'm not trying to be that way. You know what I mean. I'm kidding. So, um, before we get started, I just want to let you guys know um, I do have a YouTube channel now. Um, I've been trying to work on that more and more. It's called the Wannabe Critic. Kind of comes from this show. It goes hand in hand. So we're really excited to talk about that. Emma will be appearing on the YouTube channel as well. Hopefully with for a uh, for a bunch of ideas. So uh, that's exciting. But go ahead over there, um, you know, and subscribe to us over there and let us know what you think. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, should we do what we went up to, or what do you think? Whatever you want, baby. Because it host. is it is October tenth. 2019 right now so it is there's a chance that this might even not get released until 21 2020 yeah so what we're doing may not be relevant yeah but, that's true that's true but, but I, I mean if you want to talk about it i'm down i don't know really been doing i mean I, i've just been working on that youtube channel that's about it i've probably been playing more games than you yeah that's that's probably true <laughs> actually uh my husband bought me a fancy new switch light yeah so i've been enjoying that been playing some stardew on that Stardew's fun. I don't care who you are. We need to freaking link up and play that together. Like I, because I have totally. it on my Switch. Yeah. So I mean, the cooperative on that is so fun. There's, yeah. there's just too much. There's too many games to play right now. There's so much coming out. There's Pokemon coming out next month. I mean, uh, Death Stranding is coming out next month. There are so many games coming out next month. That is crazy. So, hopefully, we would have already talked about it if. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this retroactively <laughs> so um yeah just i've been trying to I've, man i've been trying to beat borderlands 3 and i just cannot beat it i mean every time i sit down to play it i just the grind factor just isn't quite there as it was for me in the first two games it's not a bad really? game i just 
well, I've been playing it with those guys on Xbox, so like I play it by myself on PlayStation, and then I don't, but because I, I don't want to get ahead of my friends on Xbox, so oh. I've been going back and forth. So I better have 40, 30 ish hours in it already. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyways, it's all good. So yeah, is there anything you want to particularly mention? Because I don't really have a ton. Um. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, let's just get on with it then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I have written down, the f- the opening scene of this movie is hilarious. Just Robert Downey Jr. Is, I mean, who would have thought that they would have cast this powerhouse as Iron Man? I mean, he does such a good job and he is so fun to watch. I mean, he just some of his one-liners, I can't really, you know, memorize them all or whatever because they're just so yeah. snappy and fast. But I mean... He's funny. He's he's easy to watch, and the com- he's like a perfect comic representation of what Tony Stark is supposed to be, and they execute that brilliantly. We do find within the first couple of minutes of this movie that this is definitely pre Disney, because um, obviously Paramount had the rights to this before. I mean, this this there's a darker tone to this movie for sure, just with you know the terrorism and things like that. Not that that's not a part of the the movies in the future. But, I mean, it, it seemed more realistic in this movie. What do you think? Yeah, it's a really nice um, balance of light and dark because Tony's sarcasm and comedic relief is really funny <laughs> and enjoyable. And then there's also the dark with the terrorism. And I think it's really well balanced. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely – and and I will come out and say that I love this movie. I will always love this movie. The flaws of this movie are pretty, you know, common. A lot of people have the same common problems with this movie, and we'll get into it. But um, I really enjoy this movie every time I watch it, and I'm just blown away, blown away by how well it has aged. Yes, like I, agree. I feel like this could have come out last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's really held up quite well with some of its CGI. So, um, a couple of notes here I have written down. Whenever we see Jeff Bridges, because we have, you know, that scene where he gets blown up or whatever in the very beginning, you know, and then it goes back 36 hours mm-hmm. and we kind of get a glimpse into Terrence Howard, um, Rhodey as mm-hmm. Terrence Howard, which I love Terrence Howard. I'm sad that they replaced him with Don Cheadle. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have seen Terrence Howard as as War Machine, you know, in the future movies, but, you know, it is what it is. Jeff Bridges for the first three quarters of this movie is so good jeff bridges uh, uh, obadiah stain mm-hmm. i mean his performance is awesome like i love him as kind of the quirky bu- not quirky but just kind of the 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 other half to the business side of tony stark and i think that that character works really well yeah he played it really well um i mean i definitely Felt like he was giving off sketchy vibes. I mean, first scene he was in, I was feeling it. Sure, yeah. I mean, just kind of that sleazy businessman. Yeah, kinda. but but he did good at that. Like that's a good thing. Yeah, no, he did. He did do good at it. But and I have my thoughts later about that in the movie because okay. I mean, his 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 character arc just doesn't make any sense okay. to me. Like okay. it just goes from zero to one hundred, and kind of like the back half of this movie or like the the last. Um, quarter of this movie is like just so rushed it, it you know agreed is frustrating i mean every single scene is just so rushed the first half is the first three quarters is awesome is a winner yeah, yeah i mean i think it's great it, 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 i mean but yeah we'll get into it so you know we're kind of seeing um 
sort of the beginning of the story. We kind of get a glimpse as to how Robert Downey Jr. is as Tony Stark. He's all in on the weapons. The Vanity Fair and you know interviewer, she she's all coming up to him and you know they're kind of going, they're sparring mentally back and forth, you know, and then he uh, he kind of basically gets her gets her to sleep with him, you know, because that's kind of what he's notorious for because. He has her outwitted, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's all about the weapons to protect America, which which is kind of, whenever it went back in time, that's kind of what that whole uh, event was for. You know, he they're going to give him the award, and he's not there. He's gambling, you know, with whoever yeah. he's with. And kind of get just, just, Tony Stark's just a douche. You know what I mean? Like, it, he's just your typical comic book playboy, doesn't care. But Whatever. he's a likable douche. But yeah, exactly. He's very likable. You know what I mean? And it's, I, it's true. Yeah, and I appreciated how even though he is this playboy, he his and Pipe sorry, Peppers. Um <laughs> I keep calling her Piper. Um Peppers chemistry right off the bat is undeniable. Like first scene that they're together, I thought it was good. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that Gwyneth Paltrow is the right choice. Uh, I mean and it's nice to see that they kept that going throughout the movie, the movies, because yeah. it works so well, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, you can't deny that. Um, it's worth mentioning that Happy, his assistant, um, the guy who was with him and, like, whenever he was getting into the car, he's like, the Vanity Fair reporter was coming over and he's like, oh, yeah, she's cute. He's like, she's good, she's cute. Okay, and then turns around. You remember that guy? No. Okay, well, the guy <laughs> basically that's with Robert Downey Jr., in the beginning of the movie, okay. it's his personal assistant. He comes up a couple other times in the movies. That's the director of this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, John Favreau. I mean, oh, and John Favreau has been in other stuff too, like Couples Retreat <laughs> and that big movie. I mean, he's been in some huge films, but and he's also the guy that's doing The Mandalorian. So hmm. I kind of like it whenever directors just kind of low-key put themselves into their movies. I, I like mean, that too. Not like M. Night Shyamalan type stuff, but... <laughs> Just because really, I, mean, I like him, I like him too. But I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, at least he didn't write a musical and write himself into that, like Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Jo- I like John Favreau as Happy. He's a cool guy, especially in the later movies. He mm-hmm. he does really well. Um. So, he's talking to the Vanity Fair reporter, and he's talking about how he fully believes in keeping America safe because of weapons in the military, and we see that that mindset quickly change as you know he's been abducted by the terrorists and we don't really know why he's been abducted um because it seemed like it was pretty simple like why would the terrorists want to kill just some random um army people you know what i mean like why would they yeah schedule or why would they go through the time to schedule an attack on just a couple of hummers you know it just doesn't make any sense not worth their time unless they have tony stark you know what i mean yeah so um, I have the same thing that you that you said. Pepper and Tony totally love each other. We already pretty much are aware of that um, just by their chemistry. The but way I, they... like, I like the natural progression. I like how they didn't just go straight to it. Like even by the end of this movie, it's not – they're not together, you know? Yeah. So I like that they took their time progressing that relationship. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's It started off good. That was probably the best – that and Tony Stark's – character arc in this movie are probably the best character relations in this movie. I do like Rhodey, but I mean, I think they spent a way more time on Pepper and yeah. Tony together. Yeah. And it, it works well, you know, and there's only so much time in a two hour movie to give everyone the character development that they need. Yeah. But both of theirs is so good. Like Tony's, Tony's 
character development is just insane. And he stays, I love how he stays the same character through the entire series. Like, he's that same guy. Yeah. You know, from day one. Totally. I totally agree. Um, One thing that I noticed about this movie, there's a ton of action shots just, like, you know, driving around. And especially whenever, um, you know, Tony's in a car or whatever, there's just... There's lots of scenes where not a whole lot is happening except for people driving around. You know what I mean? And like just things that yeah. you, you, you kind of, I don't know, just kind of stood out to me. But it's aged well. The progression of this movie and like the whole tone of this movie, the whole the way the movie moves is – it's aged really well. I think this movie has aged incredibly well. Like everything about it has aged well. Yeah, I mean, to me, this was, like, just as good as the first time I saw it. Yeah. Because I haven't watched this movie in years. I mean, it's probably been at least, man, I don't know, at least three or four years since I've seen this When movie. did this movie come out? This movie came out in, like, 2006. Yeah, that's insane. Because when we reviewed Captain America, the first Avenger, that movie did not age well, I no, don't think. No, it did not. And we talked about that in that in that podcast, but this movie aged way better than that. Like the special effects, even the like technology in the in the movie that's like supposed to be super like futuristic. Yeah. I think it still appears futuristic. I do too, especially like when he's like making the schematics and stuff yeah. for his suit and like that scene where he, there's a scene where he takes his hand after he's designed a schematic for his arm. Yes. And then he puts it inside and I'm like that's that looks just as good as it should today, yes, you know. Yes. It's insane. It was it was really cool and speaking of special effects the scene where he's trying to show off the missile for the first time, where he's yeah. trying to show off the Jericho missile, and he's kind of talking about how nobody is going to want to shoot back after this, you know? Yeah. And then he just stands there. He just stands there and, like, holds out his arms. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, just, I love that shot. I do, too. I've always loved that shot just because... It's so epic. It is epic, and he's just totally, fully embracing the character, you know? My, yeah. vo- my voice cracked. The character. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, So, we kind of get a glimpse now at the arc reactor, just kind of moving along. Um, I never knew that the arc reactor was to prevent shrapnel from entering his heart, and I'm like, well, if it's placed inside his body... Why would he need the arc reactor? And it's like, oh, gravity would push that shrapnel, that tiny little shrapnel. What's to stop that from moving? So, I mean, I never knew that. I never knew that's why he has that in his... Yeah, I never... Because he'll die if he takes it out. Yeah, I never knew that either. This might be kind of embarrassing to admit, but I always thought that that thing was in him, like, in replacement of his heart. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. You know? (laughs) So, yeah, that was kind of eye-opening. Whenever I was younger, I thought the same thing. I didn't really know what that was for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, We shortly find out that the terrorists have somehow gotten his weapons. And he is not liking that because it's obvious that these these are bad dudes. This is obviously the enemy. And um, he sees all of his weapons with Stark Industries plastered all over the weapons. And he immediately, you can tell does not like the fact that the bad guys have his stuff. And they kind of present him with an ultimatum. It's like, build the missile or die, pretty much. Yeah. And um, that fat guy, with the, he's like um, telling him that after he builds the me- the missile, he'll let him go. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, he won't. He That guy was, that was pretty well cast, and that guy did a pretty good job because he's like, oh, yeah, we're good. If you watch him kind of close, he's, 
he's like, okay, we're all on the same page. We're all good. Like, we're all going to, everything's going to be fine after you build the missile, you know. But he knew full well that they were going to kill him after that. Yeah, I I guess that's true. I I was wondering what you thought of the terrace, uh, like the Ten Rings. Because yeah. to me, watching it, like in parts, they almost seemed like kind of cheesy. Yeah. And just like very non-threatening. Yeah. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if like, I don't know. I, I felt like they could have been a lot more threatening and more scary. Sure. And like every time. <coughs> every time after they like every time they showed them after Tony had escaped and they're like collecting the the parts of his uh, uh, suit and stuff. I don't know. I just wasn't interested in them. Like they didn't seem that threatening to me. I I I was not concerned when they were on the screen. I was like, okay, let's just get back to Tony Stark. Well, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because we find out later, you know, in the movie that Obadiah is the one who yeah scheduled or basically called the hit on Tony. He's the real so bad guy. He's the real bad guy. Yeah, but I mean, we kind of get. That may, that I felt the same way, but it was because they were never really part of the question. They were never in the conversation, really. Like, especially whenever they're trying to strike the deal with Obadiah, and he's like, "Are we? if we're still in business, you know, it's like Obadiah's like, dude, you're nothing to me. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. You just, you just don't really take them seriously. And, yeah. Except I think the most seriously you take them is whenever they're raiding that village the first time Iron Man shows up. I think yeah. that was probably the most serious I took them. But they, they couldn't really be super aggressive with Tony because he, they were, you know, Tony was his their moneymaker. So they couldn't really damage him too much. So it would make sense that they were kind of being fragile with him, you know, trying to get more money out of Obadiah. But I definitely know what, you're, what you mean. Seems kind of wasted. I do think that the Ten Rings come up later in the series. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure on that. It's been a long time. So yeah. I think that's part of... I think that is part of the story, but I'll have to uh, we'll have to see whenever we get to later in the story. Gotcha. Um, poor Jensen, you know Jensen is helper. Like whenever they're pretending to build the missile, and he's actually building his suit, and Tony Stark asks him if he has any family, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see him after I get out." And we think I didn't remember this. I didn't realize that his family is actually already dead and he's talking about going to heaven, right. you know, wanting to see his family. Yeah. And, you know, that that was kind of a sad moment. I know. I like at that point I was like, "No, not Jensen." You yeah. know, it, it was sad. He was sure. well cast too. Yeah. That whole scene of him like making the suit is pretty awesome. <coughs> Are you okay? I don't know. I went down the wrong pipe or something. Hmm. That whole scene, like the whole like montage of him making the actual suit is stinking awesome. Yeah. Like, just being able to make it and, you know, just the imagery that they use and it's really, really good. I love that too. Um, so by the time that Tony escapes from the terrorists, we're already 40 minutes into the movie. Like we're a little less than halfway into the movie at this point. And it moves along pretty quick. I was actually kind of surprised to see where we were, where we were at at that time. Um, but still, it's like I kind of I don't have a problem with it. But we basically get a montage of him making a suit two times. Yeah. 
True. We get a montage of him making the Mark One suit and the Mark Two and Three suit. And I mean, that's at least twenty minutes. But both times, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I just and wish different. They're both different. Here's my argument. I wish they would have taken more time, like taken a few more minutes to develop Obadiah, like maybe show him something earlier, do something earlier on in the movie that justifies him being a complete psychopath later in the later in the movie. I agree with that. Because it wouldn't have been that much. He could have had, you know, I don't know, just something crazy. Like he could have had an assistant come in his office or something like that. Earlier in the movie and the assistant messes something up or brings some news that he doesn't want to hear and maybe kill his assistant or something like that, like kind of in a gruesome way or like just be more a little more gruesome with his character because he literally in the back half of the movie goes from zero to 100 and it just doesn't flow well for his character. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have taken much to just do one extra scene with Jeff Bridges to do that. That's Does that true. make sense? It makes sense for sure. So that definitely I mean, that definitely takes points away for me and that's kind of frustrating but you know it is what it is it's fine um we shortly see uh agent colson who's a part of shield which we saw in captain marvel for the first time Mm -hmm. he was helping samuel jackson which that was pretty cool it's kind of cool how they and there's a there's a side of this universe that we haven't really explored and that's with the tv shows there's agent carter and agents of shield so, I mean, those – anytime a movie came out, those shows would intertwine or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would intertwine with whatever movie was coming out. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know if we have time to ever really review that, but it would be dope if we could. Um, so, we have a nice moment um, that I wanted to mention with Tony and, and uh, Pepper whenever um, – basically whenever she's in the shop for the first time and they're kind of talking and basically the first time he's in the shop kind of working and she goes down there with him they kind of have a nice moment which really builds that character development which is going to be important later on in the in the story and um, at this point, you know, Tony's decided – he kind of announced in that press conference he doesn't want to make weapons anymore. Obadiah is telling him that he, you know, definitely needs to rethink his strategy, things like that. Yeah. Um, and even his best friend, Rhodey, you know, Rhodey is even telling him like, hey, you need to like think about what you're doing because, you know, you're 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 struggling. You're, you know, he's – I think he said something like come, to, come back to me when your mind is right, which is kind of – interesting you know that his best friend is even disagreeing with what he's doing with the company yeah um and then i have written down also this is kind of around the time where we get a second suit crafting montage um which is so cool whenever it's finally done he takes it on that first test run yeah and you know just the music plays there's a little bit of cheesiness in the scene and you can tell just there was a cut that i was kind of irritated by and it was whenever he goes up into the sky and his suit starts icing over and then he comes back down and swoops into oncoming traffic. Yeah. There's a scene where he's like, yeah, like, <laughs> and it's just kind of cheesy. But, you know, the, the the scene overall is is really cool. But um, I mean, as a kid, though, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, of course. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, of course. Um, <coughs> around that time, we're starting to find that the bad guys, the terrorists, who we think are the main bad guy, they're starting to find pieces of Tony's um, first suit that he used to escape, which was kind of interesting. And you kind of need to find that in the sand. Remember, he picks up the masks. Yeah. And the, yeah. So we kind of need to you know, talk about that a little bit. I mean, you need to address what those terrorists are doing because the main bad guy, the bald guy who tried to shoot Shoney, who tried to shoot Tony as he was escaping. Yeah. You know, and then Tony shot a rocket at the um, wall and made the stuff collapse. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's kind of a reoccurring guy and you kind of think he's the main bad guy for a while, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a lot of interaction with Obadiah. Which is kind of interesting. Like, Obadiah is kind of trying to get Tony to kind of go back on what he's decided to do. He says that the board has filed an injunction with him. And um, he's basically trying to get him to tell him what he's working on. Because Tony told him that he had something he wanted to show Obadiah. Or uh, he had something that he was working with or whatever. And he wouldn't show Obadiah whatever. Especially like whenever he brought the pizza and he's like, you mind, you might, you mind if I see what you're working on? And he's like, no, I don't want to. I, I think it really shows true to the character. Tony did not trust anyone with the fact that he was trying to make Iron Man a real thing. You know what I mean? Except Pepper. Except Pepper. Yeah. Like Pepper's like the only person you really trust in. The movie does a really good job of setting up that exposition and setting up that, that, um, relationship with those two characters. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say, or I just have a little bit to say about just. I'm so sorry. I have a tickle that won't go away. It's all right. Um, this whole time while he's trying to develop the suit, you know, the effects really through this entire time are really still top notch, even whenever he's trying to test out the suit. Yeah. And the thing that Crow's cracking me up, he called the. One thing, whenever he's like trying to, t- to work on the boot for the first time and the dummy is trying to help him yeah, and he's just like insulting the robot the entire yeah. <laughs> time, I thought that was pretty funny. I know. And just that whole little montage is, is really good and the dummy is, the dummy does play a part because he mentions the dummy multiple times and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what, what is the point, you know? And right. later we find out he comes into play and it was, he's not so dumb after all. He finally gets something right. Um... Tony sees that there's like a banquet being held that he didn't know about. He wasn't invited to it. And he asks Jarvis, which just take a second to talk about Jarvis. Jarvis is so cool, which we find out later basically becomes um, Vision in the future. Yeah. And I love that guy. I can't remember what his name is, but just, you know, he has such a nice voice and it's a very believable AI. Yeah. And um, just Jarvis helping him through this entire movie is really awesome. And we love... Jarvis is his own character. He really becomes a part of the MCU in his own right, which is nice. Which is cool because, I mean, there was a lot of character development with him, I feel yeah, like, Yeah, I do movie. too. And, like, I would... He would be talking and I would forget that he wasn't a person. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Um, But he basically lets know... Let's... He, Tony asks Jarvis if he was invited to this party that's being held for Stark Industries or whatever. And, of course, Obadiah is there because he's kind of the face of the company. But, yeah. um, you know, Tony decides he's going to make an appearance, whatever. And Obadiah does seem kind of shocked to see him there. And you, this is about the time where we start to pick up a little bit of weirdness with Obadiah. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Especially like whenever he sees Tony and he's like, oh, you're here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? So that's a little bit more than halfway through the movie at this point that we're starting to see the turn in Obadiah's character at this at this event. Um, Stark meets Coulson for the first time and he tells him he's from the, you know, whatever S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. I can never remember what it stands for, but basically Coulson tells him where he's from, which is S.H.I.E.L.D. And then we have another nice moment with Tony and Pepper whenever they're dancing and I love Gwyneth Paltrow in these movies because she's so awkward, but in a good way. Yeah. And they they purposefully focus so much on her. I don't know if it's, you know, there are a couple of lines where I'm like, is she ad-libbing? Because just the way the cuts are made, whenever it goes in the next scene, I'm like, that's that's kind of a funny cut. That's a funny way to do that. Like whenever she asks him for a martini. With more olives, she's like, I like like a lot of olives, like three olives. Yeah. You know, just, just the way that scene kind of lingers on with her character, I think it's just hilarious. So yeah, it's really good. They have their dance. They're talking. Um, she's obviously attracted to Tony. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. And then he's like, he picks up on that. He's like, hey, you want to go get some air? Mm-hmm. So they go get, you know, they're out there and they're talking. She moves in for one of the most awkward kisses I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then that's the point where she's like, all right, I need a drink. Yeah. You know? And then... I loved it because he went to go get her a drink and he got distracted and he didn't even end up going back to her. Kind of reminded me of you. (laughs) (laughs) That is. At parties, I always ask for a drink and then you never come back. That is something (laughs) that I would totally do. Yeah. I I like felt for her in that moment. I was like, that sucks. (laughs) I am Tony Stark um, podcast edition. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What do you think of that, (laughs) listeners? If only I had billions of dollars. Um, so at this party, which I kind of thought about it for a second. Sorry, we have some pets kind of scrambling in the background. Kind of thought about it for a second. The only point to having Tony go to this party is making us think that he just kind of got a funny bone up his butt, you know, and decided to go because the Vanity Fair reporter is there at the party and she's like, hey, you're on the list of the newest mass murderer or whatever, you know, and shows him pictures of what's been happening in this village with his weapons. The the Jericho missile is in this village. So that raises some questions with Tony because, you know, we learned earlier in the movie that he called off. He says, we're not making weapons anymore. So we find out Obadiah has gone behind his back. He's selling to the enemy and that makes Tony mad. So... Tony takes it into his own hands, which is a dope scene. And I know you want to talk about this village a little bit. We see, you know, the the villagers being kind of harassed by the tin rings and stuff and the fat guy. More with than the harassed. Goatee. Yeah, more than harassed. I mean, they're just being wrecked. I mean, what did you get out of that? Yeah, I mean, they were – it was just like a typical war scene, you know, separating families, killing the men basically – yeah. They're about to kill the men when Tony swoops in. Right, yeah. Well, they're either – I think they said they had to recruit them. Mm. They were recruiting them. So, I mean, I bet if they didn't cooperate, they would probably kill them. Yeah. Yeah, that that felt the most threatening. Well, but that one guy, I mean, they were about to shoot him right in front of his kids. Yeah. That was pretty obvious. Right. And he swooped in right when he was about to kill yeah. that guy. that's and true. That is – I love that part because – I think this is the point in the movie where it starts feeling like a superhero movie. Totally. Because up until now, up until then, you're like, okay, 
what when is it gonna be a superhero movie he swoops in saves that guy that little boy looks up at him once he's reunited with his dad and you know that little kid is thinking wow my hero you know totally like who is this who is this being like this superhero and i just thought that was a really cool moment i totally agree i think this whole scene is probably in my top five favorite mcu moments yeah in the entire series just because you have the part where like he gets shot out of the sky by the tank and the Mm -hmm. tank shoots at him again he just kind of moves yeah and then he just kind of pops his little wrist rocket out and it's just like this dinky little rocket and he just starts walking away and then the tank explodes (laughs) yeah that was an awesome scene i love whenever that happens and i remember i hadn't seen the movie yet but my buddy tristan he's a friend of the show I remember being at an event and him telling me that he went to go see Iron Man and the best part of the movie was whenever he does this, that particular thing. So whenever I got to see it for myself, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's epic. And that's all, that scene has always stood out to me and they use the, they've used that scene for like a lot of marketing and, you know, just in montages and stuff of the films. I mean, they've used that scene for that. So it's totally dope. I I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, it is kind of funny whenever Pepper meets Iron Man for the first time and she sees like, oh, like – because she loves Tony and she's kind of like coming to grips with the fact that he is Iron Man and, mm-hmm. you know, she he's trying to get the armor off and all that stuff and she's basically like, oh my god. Um. So since Obadiah's – I call him Obi. Since mm-hmm. Obadiah's um, side hustle kind of gets shut down, he is not happy. Yeah. Basically. And I think this is probably part of the movie where – it starts to really accelerate and we really start to see how Obadiah's character um, really is because we learn that he called the hit on Tony and uh, Pepper had gone through his computer and stuff like that, revealing the fact that he had basically called the hit on Tony and that the Ten Rings was wanting to get more out of him because mm-hmm. they had Tony alive. Um so he decides he's going to make an Iron Man suit, basically, an iron suit, kind of like Tony did. And he's thinking in his mind, this is incredibly profitable. We can have an army of iron soldiers and we'll rule the world. You know, he's power hungry at this point. And it's just accelerated. Yeah. It's accelerated so much. And he just, it's not, he's just not a believable character at this point to me. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, he just, especially like whenever he goes to the Ten Rings camp. And he's talking to the guy and he's like, well, if we're still in business and then he turns on the sonic thing and just he he goes. Yeah, that 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 was kind of a weird scene. And like they walk out and like he walks out of the tent after he does that. And all of his guys have all of the Tin Rings guys on the ground, you know, at gunpoint. Yeah. And it's just like, how'd they do that? You know, it's right. Just without like, making any noise. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just not believable. Yeah, it's. I mean, even comic books have consistency and have substance with a villain. That's what makes a villain in a comic book so good is is that, you know, that mentality of, hey, this has to make sense. And just Obadiah's development just doesn't make sense. But I get it, having to rush, you know, kind of rush along the movie towards this point. Because, I mean, at this point, you're already pushing like an hour 30, hour 40 at this point, And the movie is only about two hours long. So they kind of have to move it along. Yeah, is is Obadiah's character in the comics? I think Obadiah Stane is a is a character in the comics. Yes, I would like to know how how it differs. Yeah, I would too. Movie. I need to go back to the source material, which there's probably so many different stories that has to do with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely 
like to learn, you know, kind of his backstory and stuff. But as I said before, you know, Pepper, she kind of learns about what he's been doing. She tells S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's it's kind of a weird scene right after that, after she's been in his office. Because after, right after that scene when she's going with Coulson, um, Obadiah is with Tony and takes his heart out. Basically, and he's looking at, or not his heart, takes his reactor out and is kind of divulging all of these details to Tony, you know, about all the stuff that he's done and just his mentality. And it's just, he just a super cynical moment that just kind of came out of left field. And it's, I think it's well acted the best it possibly could be on Jeff Bridges part, but it still kind of feels a little out of place for me. Yeah, honestly, um, going back a little bit um, to the scene where Tony and Pepper are in Tony's lair, I guess is what you'd call it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> His workshop. Um, and he gives her whatever that thing is that she plugs into the computer. Mm. I don't know. That whole conversation that they have at that point, that's when like it seems like that's when the end climax yes. is starting to happen. And I honestly got confused at that point. Yeah. I don't know if it was just me. I mean, I'm sure it was just me. But, like, I was just like, okay, wait, what's going on? Like, it just seemed like everything escalated so quickly. And then, at, like, what you're talking about, Obadiah all of a sudden being in Tony's house and taking that thing out of his chest. I don't know. It just all happened so fast. Yeah, the last 25 minutes of this movie, it's like they tried to tell – 30 or 45 minutes worth of stuff yeah. in 20 minutes. And it's just, it, it's kind of chopped together. Yeah. You know? and, and, and that's not to say anything bad against the movie. No. I mean, I understand why they had to do that. That's had never been done before. And we can't really look at it through the lens like this hasn't been done before because we've seen all these other movies that have come out of this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, back in the day, it was probably, we didn't think anything of it. It was just probably kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, this is better than every Spider-Man movie that we've watched or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So... Probably didn't question it much, but if we're going to be wannabe critics and kind of take a look back at this, I think it's worth mentioning that the last, you know, the last quarter of this movie is just chopped up. It just is. I mean, I just, I love the first half of this movie so much because there is so much, they really take their time with it and there's so much character development that the last half of the movie is a little, it's just a little difficult to follow. Yeah, I in, totally in agree. In comparison to the first half. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, so after, you know, we, we kind of are getting to the last boss fight here, you know, with <laughs> Obadiah. Yeah. And the thing that stands out and well, well I'm going to hold off on that. Never mind. Um, on his way to the boss fight, I, you know, Tony asks Jarvis how the Mark, how the Mark one armor is going to hold up against ice. And then Jarvis tells him that the, you know, it wasn't meant for that. It wasn't meant to be iced over. So we know that information as he's going to that boss fight. Mm -hmm. Um, through this entire fight, just kind of the voice that Jeff Bridges has. He's like, Tony, Dude. like Dude. so bad because he hasn't acted that way through the entire movie. At least give the character some freaking consistency. <laughs> that is the one thing I wrote down about this boss fight is that Obadiah's suit's voice is so ridiculous like it is so over the top like i was just like chuckling to myself the entire i was too time. i'm like it's just bad <laughs> it's i mean just... it's it's borderline bad it's ridiculous i mean it was 
Tony. <laughs> like he's really going after it, and I mean, yeah, it was cool whenever Tony did it to the um to the bad guy in the village. He's like, he's all yours, you know. That well, never, yeah. I mean, but it was still even kind of cheesy then, and they never do that again in the movie. It's his regular voice yeah. over a speaker, which I guess you could argue, well, the technology in those suits isn't advanced. Okay, we get that the, you know, the Iron Giant is now a part of the MCU with this fight. Good God. But still, I mean, just just his attitude and demeanor, I get he's kind of a cocky businessman. That doesn't really resonate well. In this fight for me, and this is the this is the weakest part of the movie, in my opinion. Um, hmm. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I was watching the boss fight, and I was actually enjoying it, to be honest. Mostly because of his voice, it was just so it's comical, you know. It is comical, but that's the problem. Is like you have this awesome movie, yeah, the whole time before, yeah, and then you have this thing happen, and it was just, it was too easy to make fun of. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from, but like the kid in me was totally enjoying this boss fight. Well, honestly. I'm I'm glad that you were able to. I. I there, I'm not going to say the whole thing was bad. It is kind of cool whenever the agents are going through Sector 16 and like they're looking for him. And then his eyes light up and then Pepper's freaking out. Which Pepper, God bless her, she can, that girl cannot run in heels. Oh, I know. That was sad. That was that was, that was was a sad display. I mean, I feel like I could probably run better in heels than, than she <laughs> oh, could. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that was God. an interesting scene. Um, but when – but – what what did you think about when when he did do when Stark did his maneuver up in like up high and his suit didn't get covered in ice and the other and Obadiah's suit did. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did too. I just thought it was kind of interesting that they would give us that information that hey, Obadiah's suit is probably not gonna be able to withstand the ice, but it does. I thought that was just kind of interesting that they would do that i thought it was cool obviously i mean it's a cool scene to but see but it didn't withstand the ice that's what i'm saying oh yeah i said it, it, it did i say it did it withstand it yeah oh well i meant it didn't withstand the ice like okay. it didn't work you know yeah. and i honestly couldn't remember how this fight went i thought that was i'm like well i guess i guess um they really uh just decided to kill Obadiah, you know, like that. I, I completely forgot it. I mean, I, I remembered the giant arc reactor, yeah. but I completely forgot that that's, how, that's what they used to basically kill him at the end of the movie is that giant arc reactor. Which, by the way, why didn't that affect Tony? Yeah, that that was weird. I mean, I guess we're supposed to know since his little light is flickering at the end that it didn't affect it since it was made different or something. I don't know. Yeah. That but, was a little unexplained. Yeah, it was – I mean, it was rushed. That's the best way to put it is that yeah. that boss fight is rushed. Yeah. Um, but there's some comical things about it. There's some things, you know, that – there were a couple things to me that seemed out of place, but it wasn't bad. Right. You know, it was just, it was just kind of – it was rushed. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I, I could see how that would be the weakest part of the movie. For me, yeah. I mean, that's, that's – for me, that's just – you have all this buildup – and then that. Yeah. Tony. Yeah, I mean, it's like, God. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so then, you know, unexplained, Tony's still alive after the arc reactor blows up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's made kind of a commotion in the city. And they're supposed to be able to kind of give an explanation about what's happened. So Tony's going through his lines and, um, you know, he has a very detailed explanation of what he's supposed to say. And what is the last thing that we literally hear in this movie? You don't know? Oh, I am Iron Man? Yeah, he says he's gonna <laughs> he's going to read the cards and he says, well, the truth is... I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Yeah. Cue the credits. Yeah. Which is cool, but, you know, I feel like some people would take away points from this movie because it just does end like that. Oh, I love that. I love it too. I really do love that. I, I, I will always love that scene. I mean, just... just <laughs> but you do kind of have... I mean, if we're going to be fair with ourselves and be subjective, we have to, like, take it into consideration that the last quarter of this movie is rushed and that's not good storytelling. Yeah. But it is a cool moment. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Okay, so we're on agreement with that. Yeah, and really it's not the end of the movie because of the end credit scene. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about the end credit scene for a minute before we kind of get into our general thoughts and things that we want to kind of go in depth on. Okay. Um. Yeah, so we get the end credit scene where he walks into – Tony walks into his house and Jarvis kind of shuts down and then we see Nick Fury – Mm-hmm. We previously saw in Captain Marvel. Yeah. And he says that he wants to ask him about the Avenger Initiative. Mm-hmm. Which we learned has to do with getting people with interesting talents and bringing them together for a root cause. Yeah. I honestly loved that we watched Captain Marvel right before watching Iron Man. I think I would recommend that to anyone out there who's a fan like watch watch them in succession because it's it's cool to see like how they do just kind of run into each other. Yeah, I I'm glad that we're this is it's like I mean call me crazy. It's like I'm seeing these movies for the first time again. Yeah. Because we're watching it this way. Yeah. It's you really you really need to go through and watch these movies the way the story wants you to watch them because it is a whole different experience, and I am loving it. And I'm loving that we're doing this. Yeah. Even though we have different sh- ideas about how the show should potentially go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought what we would do is kind of go in depth a little bit more about some things that maybe you missed and some things that I would like to talk about um, or maybe things that you didn't quite get to say. And just kind of go in depth about our general thoughts about the movie. What I've been doing is that for every good thing that I wanted to say – um, I would put a plus and then for every negative thing I wanted to say, I'd put a minus just for the broad, you know, final review. So I'll go first. How about that? Okay. I think a, a super good thing about this movie is how well the performances go, how good the performances are. I don't think anything is badly acted. I do think that there is some direction that is um, questionable, you know, but to be fair, this is the first time we ever had an MCU movie like this. So, you know, there's there's room for improvement there. But just how, you know, we get the vibe that Tony has been living this life for a really, really long time. He's totally fine with making weapons. He wants to secure America. He wants – he feels like he's going to be in control. But whenever he sees that other people have access to it, then, you know, we get the, we get the vibe that he's – he wants to turn around from that. And he wants to be personally responsible for the safety of America. <laughs> You yeah. know, with wanting to be Iron Man, he wants to be a be he wants to be a part of something that's bigger. 
Mm-hmm. And we see that in later movies. So I think they do a really good job of setting that up in this particular movie. Definitely. What about you? My general thoughts? Yeah, I mean, what's one thing you wanted to say? I have a few things to say. Oh, um, yeah. I just really appreciated, yeah, the character development, especially of Tony. I mean, I he is probably my favorite Avenger, and it's really because of this movie. It, I mean, it develops his character so well to where he's just such a pillar in the rest of the movies and like seeing seeing the newer movies with him and pepper together and like having their family and then going back and watching this it's just so nostalgic and it the reason it can be nostalgic is because they did such a good job at developing those characters in this first movie i totally agree it it feels like even 10 you know well how many years is it later 10 years later yeah 10 years later they haven't missed a beat yeah. You know, it's the exact same feeling that you get from these characters, mm-hmm. which is you don't see that in a lot of movies. I mean, no, in a lot of Academy, I, I feel like there's more heart in the MCU than most of the Academy, you know, award movies that we get nowadays. It seems like that the MCU can tell a more heartwarming story and things that touch your heart with whatever character there might be in the, in the story more than even, a you know, a huge movie. That wins best best uh, performance or best picture gets. Well, it's just so special because it it took them so long to tell these these stories beginning to end, and it's still not the end. But from Iron Man to Endgame, you know, and it's cool because we were both kids when Iron Man came out. Now we're in our twenties when Endgame came out. Still kids. Still kids, but. It's like we grew up with with these movies. So that just makes it so nostalgic, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, This kind of goes along with what I said before about the performances. I feel like the the character chemistry is really, really well. The performances, you know, coincide really well with the chemistry. And the effects are really, really good. I think those three things for me, the performances, the effects, and the character chemistry – and character development um, for most of the characters in this movie make it – That's those are the standout things that make it a really good true first addition to the MCU. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think we should talk about a, just a couple of things. I mean negatives that we can think of, um, which this is going to get a really good score from me. I don't know if you gave it yeah. anything out of 10, but – the thing that holds this movie back, and there are two really, really big things, is a cha- is a really choppy last quarter of the movie, and then the villain is just not well-developed at all. I mean, yeah. the main antagonist to the story is poorly developed. Yeah. That's bad. I mean, that's just not good. And, you know, that to me, whenever anything I'm doing, if the, char- if the villain isn't really menacing, I don't take it seriously. Yeah, same There's here. no weight to it whatsoever. Yeah. And going back and watching this, I never realized how bad it was. You know, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> so what what do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I was just thinking about how I feel about this movie. And like, to me, this is almost a feel-good movie to me. 
And that's ridiculous to say about a good guy, bad guy movie because you should be scared at points of of the bad guy. Sure. And worried that he's going to win. Sure. But this whole time, I'm just like, he's not going to win. Like, who even cares about the bad guy? Like, I'm just laughing at Tony Stark the whole time. Right. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point, actually. It is a feel-good movie. And maybe that's why they made the bad guy so laughable to an adult, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, part of me thinks that they made that so cheesy so that it does appeal to little kids forever. Yeah. You know, because when you're a little kid, that would be scary. Yeah. You know, to see, Tony, (laughs) you know, I mean, that would be scary to a little kid. And I kind of remember being a little kid and thinking, like, oh, he's scary. Yeah, definitely. But still watching it as an adult – I will say there's plenty there for the adult side of me to where, you know, that last quarter, while as an adult, I don't appreciate the kid in me probably would. Yeah, the the villain part of the movie doesn't translate to being an adult. Sure. I think, which I mean, I think MCU has done a really good job of trying to not outshine their villains from making Thanos the bad guy, like the true bad guy. Yeah. Because it would be really crappy to watch this movie now and be like, yeah, Thanos was cool, but this guy was way better. You know, because Jeff Bridges, to me, totally has the potential and caliber to be, I mean, he's a top-notch actor. You know, Totally. I mean, he totally has the ability to probably be a better, I mean, he would have been a good choice to cast as Thanos, I feel like. I mean, yeah. I love Jeff Bridges. I love the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I understand why they probably wouldn't want all of their villains to totally take the limelight away from um, Thanos. Yeah. But. I think it's probably score time, babe. Okay. So let's start with you. What did you think? So thinking about everything, I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5? Yeah. That Okay. Yeah. Same thing for me. Um, I After taking everything into consideration and just kind of, you know, my review process works a little bit different than most people's. Um, to me, there's two really main points that jump out to me that take away from this movie being really, really good, um, which it still is really, really good, but, you know, being top-notch. Right. So I'm taking two points away from the score, which means I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Okay. So 8 out of 10 for Iron Man. Yeah. And I think the next one in our chamber is Iron Man 2. Oh, really? I think so. I it's either it... Iron Man 2 or The Incredible Hulk. I can't remember. I know. I was thinking it'd be The Incredible Hulk, which I'm not looking forward to. I am not looking forward to that either because <laughs> I did not even like that as a little kid. Same. <laughs> so we'll see. I did. But I, did... I don't just want to crap on it. No, I don't either. I want to look for the good. And I think the only good thing we're going to find about that movie is Edward Norton <laughs> because Edward Norton was a great Bruce Banner to me. Okay. So. Well, we will see. We shall see. In the next edition of A Guy and His Wife. That's MC- right, baby. MCU edition. Look at you. Look at you <laughs> taking uh, taking a little bit of a lead there with the uh, with the show. Hey, I, this, I like it. This is my show too. That's right. You own it. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, everybody. We thank you so much for tuning in on our, on our little show here. As always, you can email us at geeklybyweekly1 at gmail.com. FYI, none of you have ever freaking written in to the show. <laughs> it's really starting to piss me off. Hey, so, I'm calm sorry. down. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> mad. No, please, please write on. Please write into the show. Please tweet at us. Follow us on Instagram, even though we don't post there that much. Follow us on – like us on Facebook – 
give us feedback. We are really trying to grow this channel into something special. We're trying to grow this whole brand into something special to where everyone feels like they can be a part of it. We would love to have you be a part of our community. Um, as always, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Baby, thank you so much for taking the time out of your precious project runway time to <laughs> do this with me. I love doing this show. Um, I am Gabriel Fast. I will always be a wannabe critic. All right. I'm Emma Fast, and I will also be a wannabe critic. Always. Let's freaking go. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. See you later. Bye, we love guys. Bye-bye. We really do love you. <laughs>